Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, in a recent article in the New York Times described Ireland's fishing industry as a death by a thousand cuts. But is this really the case? And is there a future for Ireland's fishing industry? I'm delighted to be joined now by Jason Sheehan. He's the co-owner of Sheehan's Fishing Company and Martin Shanahan, the owner of Fishy Fishy. Uh, Jason, we might start with you. Um, Can you give me an overview of the state of play of the Irish fishing industry as we speak this morning? Yeah, um, look, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, uh, Look, I suppose over the last... 20 odd years, as long as I've been on the pier, I've seen massive uh, changes, I suppose. Most of all, the amount of people going fishing. Um, I suppose I'm fishing coming into 18 years now, and there are probably only a handful of of, uh, Irish lads from the local school that have have gone fishing after me, whereas previously, maybe the 18 years before, there would have been, you know, fellas every year going fishing. Um, And we've noticed that it's you know, we're 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 more reliant on, on foreign and international crews uh, to crew our boats. Um we've seen the you know, the likes of Castletown Bear here go from sixty, eighty boats down to I don't even know, thirty odd or twenty five boats here. And currently we're we're looking at um there's eight boats here that have um surrendered their license in the last two weeks and um they're they're being dismantled here currently and uh waiting to go to the to the scrapyard, um, and all these boats have have five and six crew, and there's there's more jobs on shore that are relying on these boats to keep going. But um, okay, that all sounds very, I suppose, negative and dark, yeah. Jason. Yeah. Um, like maybe like if we could look at it, even I'm I'm just trying to see any positive here. So is the problem that. You know, uh, while we gained so much for the EU, one of the things we kind of lost was fishing in that uh, obviously the other EU nations are allowed fish in our waters. We're an island nation. So we always had the most to lose in this area. Uh, look, that's that's one perspective. Um, you know, there's a lot of the perception out there is we lost it in 1973. Um a lot of you know that that doesn't really appear to be the case. We've seen you know we've seen this year where uh, we, we we didn't even put up a battle to the to, for the blue whiting fishery. Um, we, we've seen as a result um, the Norwegians uh, currently have have six hundred and two thousand tons of blue whiting, which they're allowed fishing to Irish waters, and uh, Ireland is uh, currently has forty eight thousand tons. So uh, you know to be told in that we have a level playing field is is, is obviously not the case. Um, look, I, I, Am I, I right in saying that it was further compounded then by Brexit, where we had to give uh, 25% of our quotas to the UK? Is, is that correct? Yeah, that's, that's, that's correct. Uh, look, Brexit was, was, was a serious blow to, to an already, already struggling industry. Uh, you know, we struggled with, with fuel prices, we struggled with crew, uh, and we were struggling severely with quotas in, in, in a lot of species. Um, you know the, the the fleets, you know, all around the coast from from Kitty Bay to Castleton Bear to the Maurice, all diversified into different species. Uh, there was both divert, diversified to fish into Rockall. Uh, subsequently, we lost Rockall. Um, you know, both both diversified into different uh, 
into different sectors with varying results. But um, yeah, it's Brexit was 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 a serious blow um, as a result of that, and 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 it was nothing only a political failure. Um, we we resulted in in losing a third of our fleet. Um, mm. Now I know there's twenty five twenty six percent of the figure kicked around, but the realistic figure, and it depends whether you weigh it up by value or by tonnage. But the the, the correct figure is we actually lost forty one percent. Forty one percent. Right. And and you know this scrappage scheme that's happening at the moment, Jason, and again, I know it's terrible to see, you know, boats being basically broken down for scrap, but is that a way of, you know, giving fishing people a payday to get out of the business? Like, again, I'm trying to look for positives here. I know. Um, yeah, look, uh, and I suppose from a certain perspective, you're right. It, You know, it does suit certain people. There's, you know, there's, there's fishermen coming up to retirement age and their sons, or, you know, maybe they don't have sons or sons are, have no interest in fishing. And and for, for those few men, it, 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 is, it is the best way out. Um, you know, it, it's, it's an efficient way out. And, uh, and does it leave more for the lads who are left? No, and that's that's the very common misperception here that we were spun at the start, uh, that there'd be more for what's left. The the truth of the story is what's being decommissioned is only going to balance what the quota we've lost. So we're basically going to just be back to square one where we were pre Brexit. Right. Right. Okay. So that is that is that is a very common misperception that, that you know, that the sellers who are left will be better off. That's simply not true. Um and on top of that, we obviously know that fuel prices are a, a different category to where they were um, pre-Brexit. Uh, yet fish prices remain the same because we have, you know, we've we've a massive uh, French, you know, foreign fleet fishing here. So they're they're able to supply the market, and 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 you know what what the Irish contribute won't 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 influence it basically. Just just before I bring in Martin Shanahan, Jason, how much of our fish are we actually exporting in terms of? What our catch going overseas is a lot of our is our a lot of our best fish being exported. Uh, oh, absolutely! I uh, definitely conservatively conservatively eighty eighty percent, um, probably over ninety. Wow, wow! And what does that tell you? Uh, being honest, it tells me we're importing too much fish. Um, we rely heavily on on you know the Irish consumer relies heavily on on cheap imported. Um, fish basically um, you know we're exporting prawns to, to, to Italy and yet we're importing prawns then from Vietnam and you know yeah it seems crazy absolutely uh, it's, it's, yeah it's absolutely <clears throat> ludicrous to be honest stand by and let's talk to Martin Shanahan the owner of Fishy Fishy in Kinsale Martin how are you lovely to talk to you again Bobby good morning Jason good morning how are you doing <clears throat> now Martin um, could I argue or put a, an argument to you that the the restaurant industry, which you're part of in your wonderful establishment there in Fishy Fishy, is basically a showcase for Irish fish and that you and Jason should really be best buddies. Um, yes, Bobby, 100% we should be best buddies. And to be fair, um, the local fishermen here in Kinsale, we've been very lucky. We've been dealing with them from day one, 30 years ago. And again, like Jason said, there has been a lot of changes in the industry. But I think my take on it for the fishermen around the coast, and that is they need to look at their product and need to add value to it and keep it at home. You know, I mean, already, if you look around the country, probably 
from COVID and that. We got fish and chip trucks all around the country. You know, yeah. we should be, and the fishermen, I think, should be supporting the restaurant industry a little bit more in Ireland by advertising through the co-ops, by investing into into the restaurant industry and trying to keep the better fish at home. There's no doubt about it. I know, look, I mean, the amount of fish that is going out of Ireland, like Jason said, 80%. But why? It's become a shipping commodity. And naturally, if you're going to ship it abroad, then you're going to get less for it at the port than if you keep it at home and try and sell a little bit more or promote a little bit more on the home market. So then do we need to re-educate the Irish consumer then about what they're missing out on in terms of yes. the fish that we have, the beautiful fish, the shellfish, the, the, the wonderful array of species that are available right on our doorstep? Yeah, 100%, Bobby, I think we do. Um, look, to be fair, consumption in Ireland of fish and shellfish has gone up year on year, but... I mean, there's still a lot more that can be done. And I think working together, definitely, I think it's probably not before time that the fishing industry and the co-ops around Ireland looked at the home markets and with the support of the fishermen, maybe invested a few bob into advertising what they have, which is wonderful, you know, instead of, you know, cut down the 80% and maybe bring it down to 70, 60% export. And I think that will reflect on the prices. Yeah. There's a great restaurant chain in the States, Martin, that you probably know called Legal Seafood. And they, now they might only have one trawler, but they have a story around, you know, catching the fish, landing it, cooking it, serving it, and basically owning it from, you know, from the sea to the place. And as I say, while it might be a marketing story, it's brilliantly told. That's right, Bobby. And you're 100% right. I remember being in, a couple of years ago, being in Australia, and I went up the coast to Coffs Harbour, and Coffs Harbour doing something very similar. Fishermen there, they land at the back of the uh, premises. You can actually stand in the premises, you can buy it raw, you can buy it to go, you can buy it, sit down and have fish and chips and every other variety, but you will basically see it coming off the boats. So I remember talking to one of the fishermen and said, listen, how do you divide everything? And he said, oh, that's up to the accountants. But he said before they were shipping it down to Sydney, they were losing probably 4 and $5 a kilo by putting it down to Sydney because, as you know, every person that gets his hands on it puts a touch on it. Where their concept and their idea was to bring people up to Coffs Harbour from Sydney, feed them the best of fish and make them jealous that they can't get it down in <clears> Sydney and I believe around the coast of Ireland, it is happening. There's no doubt about it. Look, fishermen are diversifying. You know, yeah. their wives are selling it at markets. Their family are getting involved. And I do think that the industry in general needs to look more at the home markets and look at us at home and look at every restaurant in the country that, yes, is selling fish. And Jason is probably right. There is a lot of it being shipped back into the country, both fresh and frozen from South Africa, from Argentina, from, uh, like he said, Vietnam, which is true, you know, but whose fault is that? I mean, I believe it's the industry's fault itself. They should stand up and fight against it. Yeah. Jason, what do you say to all that? Um, yeah, look, absolutely. I mean, a lot of what Martin said is right. Well, probably all of um, There is a lot of work that could be done. Um, you know, I suppose we've uh, Boris Gavar, who 
who put a lot of work into it over the last few years. Um, you know, granted for different things, but um, you know, I still think they're only they're only dancing around it. Um, there needs to be more done, absolutely. Yeah. Um, with regards to export, I suppose you know, you know, we we'll, we we'll eat our black sole or cod and things like that. But you know, our megrims and and you know the volumes of monkfish, you know, and things like that. It, it, it's just. It's never. We're only a population of five million people. At the end of the day, you know. Um, yeah. And, well, uh, as a result of Brexit, you know, a lot of our market used to be going to the UK, and as a result of, of Brexit, um, it's extremely difficult to to sell into to the UK now. Um, just as a result of the, the the extra paperwork and the time it takes, and at the end of the day, this is still a fresh product that needs to be delivered ASAP. Uh, so that market has has been squeezed out. Um, you, no, me- you mentioned earlier there, Jason, the inability maybe to uh, attract Irish people and Irish uh, workers to work in fishing. Um, what's the problem there? Like, and and is the industry could the industry itself be doing more to attract Irish people into the business? Uh, i.e. Uh, do the do the terms the conditions the rates of pay all that stuff need to be looked at um yeah i mean look i suppose maybe maybe i'm too involved to you know um to see it i suppose sometimes it takes some someone from outside the industry maybe to point something out but i genuinely can't see it um with the way our quotas are restricted with the way the fuel prices is um you know it, it, and as you say it is down to the rate of pay um, I suppose if you kick the ball back 20, 30 years ago, the rate of pay for a, a local fisherman versus uh, uh, an onshore nine-to-five job was three to one, four to one. Uh, you know, you're you're not much with one to one now at the minute, and you're spending time away from your families. And yeah. you know, it's you a know, tough we're, life. We're, we're at a it's a, it's a tough where, business. Where, yeah, you know, we're at a different stage with hygiene and everything else, and 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 you know, crew are spending extra time you know dealing with all that, and 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 you know, the paperwork that has to be filled out and. You know, the, the the crew today are putting a lot more effort in um, for hygiene and safety than would have been done, you know, previously. And uh, basically, the rewards aren't there for it. Um, you know, and, and, and I know maybe it might be back to what Martin said about, um, you know, promoting what we have ourselves, um, which is great. But at the end of the day, you're you're, you're trying to compete with with uh, with rates of payout in in. Yeah, in different countries, I suppose it's no different to the staycations and the package holidays at the minute, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, 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 I get what you're saying. Listen, let's welcome uh, Brendan Byrne. He's the uh, the CEO of the IFPA, that's the Irish Fish Processors and Exporters Association. Brendan, I don't know if you heard the conversation we had with Jason and Martin there, but you're very welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Tell me about the fish processing industry and how it's faring. Uh, as we speak this morning? Well, there's no doubt that we're facing the gravest challenges of our time as a result of Brexit and the TCA agreement. I suppose historically we've been very unfairly treated by the common fisheries policy. They only allow us to catch, on average, 15% of all the fish that's caught in the Irish waters. The other 85% of the fish is shared among other EU countries. So that's grossly unfair, and I think that's what the kernel of the problem is that the historical shares of, of fish stocks that we get in our own waters is, is so minimal. And that has leading us to a situation where 
within the processing and exporting sector at, at present, our incomes this year will be down on average 30 to 40 percent. The BIM report of 2022 has indicated that there is decline in the industry, and all this is resulting from the Brexit uh, agreement, where we had to transfer 25 percent of the value of our fish to the UK as a result of the agreement made by our colleagues in Europe. And but Brandon, we shouldn't be talking about such negativity because we have the richest fishing grounds in all of Europe. Every other country that's a member of the EU is making money on Irish fishing. But we ourselves are not. We, we were talking with Martin Shannon and Jason Sheehan earlier, just before you joined us, Brendan, and Martin was saying to Jason that really, you know, the restaurateurs, the fishing uh, community... The, like everybody needs to work better together as a unit to promote Irish fishing. Would you accept that there's been some uh, some uh, a lack of cohesion in that department in, in terms of the very, very dark uh, stats that you've just presented there to us? Well, I have no doubt, and I'm only new to the job, that until now, and thankfully we have new personnel within the Department of the Marine but until now, this year, we had a department that was actually anti-marine in their outlook and were only focused on control measures. They never had a pro-development, pro-innovation policy in their life. But as I said, we have new personnel there now. There's a, a new dawn. Hopefully, we can put development and innovation front and centre because there is a bright future for the Irish fishing industry. But the lack of cohesion among the various representative bodies in the fishing or, uh, industry has been a problem. The lack of a functioning department that understood the Irish fishing industry and was willing to fight for the Irish fishing industry at European level has been a massive problem for the last 20 years. And one of the earlier speakers refer- referred to it. We're over-controlled and over-regulated when you compare Ireland to other countries such as France, the Netherlands, Belgium or Spain. The amount of regulation in Ireland is unparalleled when you compare it in contrast to other countries. Wow. So what's the solution, Brandon, in your view? The solution is very simple. We have to have buy-in from the government, and I have to compliment the Taoiseach Lee of Radger, who I met on the 5th of October last. He has bought into it in he has realized that we have a national asset here that rather than talking about it being worth 1.1 billion, it should be worth 5 billion to the economy. And rather than talking about an industry that's employing 16,000 people, it should be employing 50,000 people. But we have had 20 to 30 years of neglect in the Irish fishing industry, where one, the political arm has failed to recognize the potential and two, there was a complete and total lack of reform within a department that was allowed to cocoon itself into irrelevance. But that is changing. So we need now as an industry, we need to be more united, certainly, but we need to be driven and focused like what our EU colleagues are. And secondly, as I said, we need to have real and genuine buy-in from the political parties and the government of the day and whatever government may or may not replace that. This okay. is a 10-year strategy that we need to start. If we fail to start a strategy to revive the Irish fishing industry, 
I can guarantee to you I'll be on your program in five years' time saying there is no Irish fishing industry left. Well, I don't want to end on that note, so I want to go back to Martin Shanahan, uh, who's been in this business a long time, as well as our other two guests. Martin, you know, the three guests here this morning, yourself, Jason, and Brendan, effectively you're all saying the same thing. That's right, Bobby. I think what Brendan said there, and definitely, and Jason, cohesion, united, is what it should be all about. You know, to raise, to lift any industry, we got to get together, we got to all sit down, we got to all talk, and for the betterment, obviously, of the fishermen, the fishing community, most important. And from that, I think, I mean, restaurants will flourish, restaurants will stop. I hope chefs need to be educated that there is more fish in the sea than farmed sea bass and farmed uh, prawns from Vietnam mm. and Thailand. But they need to, I suppose, chefs need to be educated to know where to get them, where to source them, right? Yeah. I mean, again, I would hand and heart say here that the problem is when the lorry leaves Ireland full of Irish fish, I guarantee you that most of those lorries come back full of frozen imported fish. So who's at fault there? Yeah. Somebody must be at fault because somebody is importing it, somebody is selling it. So, you know, if okay. we want to save our industry, then let's look at it in a different way, right? I mean, obviously I can see the haulier, which I remember 30 years ago when I went into the industry, somebody said to me the saying that the road fisherman is wealthier than the fisherman himself yeah. because the haulier is hauling the fish and on the way back, he's not coming back with an empty lorry. So he's going over to Rungis in Paris and he's coming back with a lorry full of frozen, yeah. you know, poor, poor quality seafood. And chefs, you know, I'm Are lucky enough, it. I suppose. <clears throat> they're buying it. I'm lucky enough. I started as a chef. I got out of it. I got into industry. I understood the industry all the way, you know, from buying it at co-ops, buying it everywhere. And now I can see, do you know what? If I can't get black sole and I can't get monkfish, but if there's beautiful mackerel, like I'm just after getting here in Kinsale, then I'll run the mackerel today. What's wrong with it? There's nothing wrong with it. We can still make okay. a beautiful dish out of, <clears throat> out of the cheap fish. Look, we'll have to leave it there. It's been a great discussion and uh, it's an industry that I, I really, really love. Uh, and I hope, and I really hope and pray that it gets sorted out because it's it's just too important uh, to see it fail. So I want to uh, thank my guests, uh, Brendan Byrne, uh, the CEO of the Irish Fish Processors and Exporters Association, Jason Sheehan, the co-owner of Sheehan's Fishing Company, and Martin Shanahan, the owner of Fishy Fishy. Thanks very much for your time this morning. Thank you. Thanks, thank Bobby. you. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.